cliche. My name is Ifeinwa and I'm going to be anchoring today's episode. <clears throat> and <clears throat> ooh, excuse me. <laughs> and on today's episode I have three wonderful women with me. Two of them are my regular co-hosts and I will let them introduce themselves. Hey everyone, it's Amayo. Hello, it's Ife. And the third woman, wonderful, amazing woman, is actually one of my internet acquaintances. <laughs> and we, I think we got introduced through a mutual friend, and we were going to start this book club that failed before we even began. <laughs> that makes but, so gosh, no. <laughs> but I mean, it's all fun and games, you know, but um, we stayed in touch, and mm. I invited her to join us on this episode of NYAC because she actually inspired um, the topic, and I'll let her introduce herself. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Dag Huang. Um, I'm a Ghanaian. And I'm a lover of Black literature, where Black literature is African-American, African, and Caribbean literature. So, yeah, that's mm. that's me. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, so we're friends on Goodreads, and I follow uh, everything that Dakwa reads, and it's so inspiring. I love it. <sighs> so, how's everyone doing? Okay. <laughs> yeah, everybody had a good week? It was good. Yeah. It was good. Mm-hmm. Earlier today, I went to a rooftop barbecue. So in London right now, it's the best weather. It's probably going to be all summer. So it's nice and <laughs> sunny. It's in the 70s, late 70s, or, you know, late 20s in Celsius. Mm-hmm. And it's like when the sun comes out, people just, people, I don't want to say run amok, but low key, they run amok. There's so many people <laughs> on the streets. There's so much traffic. Like, there's no accident. Why? Why is anyway? Because it's nice and sunny, and people are moving about. So I went to a rooftop party. It was chill, and I like there was this conundrum at the rooftop party. I wanted to listen to Lemonade, but I didn't want to hear any of the hot <laughs> takes from the white people at the party. So I was like, hmm, hmm. <laughs> what to do? <laughs> but yeah. Amaya, how's your week slash day? Um, my week has been okay. Um, work has been okay. I had a an interesting weekend, which was fun. But now I'm just tired, and I didn't really get to do any personal stuff. Aww. So I don't really feel fulfilled. Oh, um, but you had you, tell us about your brunch now yeah. <laughs> okay so on Saturday yesterday, I love how Ife is always like pointing I wasn't sure if I would talk if I should talk about it now but yeah so Saturday I attended um, one of Eat Drink Lagos's lunch clubs 
So what they do mm-hmm. is um, every month they try to get a few people together. They sell tickets on their website, very limited. I think they have like 12 or like 14, I don't know. And, you know, they have a special menu from a special restaurant or like two different chefs or two different restaurants come together and drop this awesome menu. And you, mm. everybody gets a taste of every single thing on the menu. So it was it was really awesome. The food was delicious. The conversation was awesome. People were great. Mm. And we had fun. And we had like some very, very, very deep and interesting, com- well, not deep, but very, very interesting conversations. <laughs> I would nice. go into it, but yeah, that's not what this episode is about. So, <laughs> <laughs> some other day. Some other day, yeah, definitely. How about you, Dapa? Um, I have exams soon, so I've just been studying a lot. Nothing, mm-hmm. nothing very eventful, but studying. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Thank you. Yeah. Good. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, I. This is if if you want. I guess we should start introducing ourselves as we talk. Um, but my week was pretty good. I yeah, it's been a busy week, and I was telling Ifa before we started recording that I did some spring cleaning yesterday because I'm moving at the end of the month. So that's always a good excuse to like go through stuff and just start tossing off stuff. You're like, okay, I've had this blouse for like the past five years. I've only worn it once. <laughs> <laughs> like why am I holding on to this? Um, so that was it felt very what's the word? I feel very light. Like all the shoes, all the clothes, like everything is in bags. I'm ready to take it to Goodwill. Um and then on Thursday I got to see Captain America Civil War. Mm-hmm. And I'm sharing that because <laughs> um in the first scene they showed um I guess the first scene was set in Lagos. Oh, really? So oh, my God. So stop. Movie, I'm telling you. I got really excited. <laughs> I'm definitely going to watch this now. Hey, was it so, a good depiction of Lagos, though? That's the question. You mean, like, the aesthetic-wise or, or... Was it, like, fiction? Was it actually Lagos? Could you recognize it as being Lagos? Okay, or was it so some, the thing like... is... Okay. So this first this this scene and it says like Lagos on this and I'm like oh, I get really excited in my seat and some of my friends are like mm, are you okay and I'm like guys because you know people are like oh she's Nigerian but I'm like guys I was born and raised in Lagos um, so anyways like I think it wasn't actually filmed in Lagos because I feel like you know it looked too clean like. <laughs> But like there were key things that were that were shown, like the yellow buses and the ma- market okay. stalls. It looked like Yaba Market. That's what mm-hmm. they were going for. So it looked real, but it like looked too polished. So I was like, I know this wasn't filmed in Lagos, but I can I can <laughs> buy it, you know. Okay. But there was one building where like they filmed like a fighting scene, and that building I was like, I don't recognize this at all. It was supposed to be like a department of like I don't really know something about like. Um, infectious diseases, but I was like, I don't recognize that building. But every other thing, like the yellow buses and the market stalls, like those, I like. I was like, yeah, I can, I can buy this. But um, yeah, so that was exciting. Which could be a good segue into our topic, or not really. Kind of, <laughs> let's, let's try and make it happen. If you can do this, I mean, I was just going to segue this by saying so. <laughs> On to today's topic. So, as you all may or may not know, unless you're living under a rock, but <laughs> Lemonade, Beyonce's latest album, 
um, dropped last month, and of course it was chaos. <laughs> um, but it was released through HBO, and like I think a, a beautiful night in April. <laughs> and, you know, her visual album was streamed on HBO, um, <clears throat> and the album is framed by poems written by Wesson Shire, a name that you might recognize because in a couple episodes earlier, I think it was at our identity episode, we actually ah, yes, we actually dropped true. I know, so we we are we are ahead of the curve here. <laughs> <laughs> so on episode two we actually shared a quote by Wesson Shire on like giving your daughters difficult names yes, and not trusting did. anybody that can't pronounce it. So right. As, but Beyonce and the ladies of NYC were on the same, <laughs> yeah, on what, the same page. What, what we just we set trends, you know, like we predict what is going to. Like, I don't know. It's, it's a gift that you know God has given us. So, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah. anyway, yeah, Warsanshire is a Kenyan-born Somali British poet and author. And she's amazing. Um, as someone on Twitter said, like before Lemonade, where Sunshire was with Sunshire. Yeah. Um, she, you know, she's, she's made a name for herself. Um, but obviously her fan base has <laughs> quadrupled. And, <laughs> you know, I, I think I read in one of the articles that I shared, um, I think the New York Times journalist said, like, um, her books on Amazon are like sold out. Like you know, it's all it's wow. all gone. There's nothing nothing left in stock. Um, <laughs> but before we actually dive into discussion about Warsan Shire and like others like her, um, I wanted us to first start off with talking about Lemonade the album and <clears throat> just going around. Like I mean, obviously, like it's been a month since the album has been released. So I'm sure. I mean, they really? there they is want- like an album. There's like an album of or like a huge collection of think pieces and stink pieces and and just like essays on Lemonade mm-hmm. and there's so much out there and so much podcast discussion. episodes dedicated to it. Yeah, yeah, but um, but I'm just hoping like we've all like had a chance to listen to if you can just share like what our favorite song on the album is and why mm. um and not even go too much into like breaking down the album because we can you know if you google lemonade you so many articles will come up but we're just going to share personally what our favorite song is and why so i'll let anybody who feels led by the spirits to <laughs> to share <laughs> So I, I'll go first. This is Ife. I am a lifelong Beyonce fanatic. I loved her since her Destiny Child days. She, you know, I can't even. I, I, I'm at, I'm at a loss for words to describe how much I love Beyonce <laughs> and how much I'm just in awe of her professionalism, her dedication, and anyway. This yeah. is not about, you know, how much I love. This episode is not about how much I love Beyonce. But my favorite album on the, on the, my favorite song on the album, Lemonade, is Don't Hurt Yourself. I love the, hmm, like the anger, the righteous anger. And you know how black women, you know, the stereotype of, oh, angry black woman, oh, you know, 
like that stereotype has made a lot of black women stifle their anger, stifle their emotions. And Beyonce is like, I am angry and you will know. And like, who the fuck do you think I am? Ah, <laughs> oh my God, give me so much life. I was like, yes. So basically about, you know, the song about, you know, if you play me, you play yourself. Try not to play yourself. <laughs> hey, mm. the, like, I am, I'm not an average I'm not an average bitch. I will hurt you. I will fuck up all your shit. Yeah. Don't play me. <laughs> so that's that's yeah. my favorite. That you know, like message wise, I was telling. <laughs> I've been making people at my. So I'm the only woman who works at my office right now. Where it's like seven people, and I'm the only woman, and I'm the only black person. Basically, it's wow. all white men and me. And I play that album every day. <laughs> I come into the office. I'm like, yeah, you know what time it is. <laughs> <laughs> Lemon in time. <laughs> so I've been I've been playing the album um all weekend. I was tell I was like this al- this song this don't hurt yourself. I feel like I need to play it before any relationship. I'll be like, come, this is better. <laughs> recognize who I am. Let this let this song tell you. But yeah, that's mm. my favorite favorite. I mean, I'm not a diehard Bay fan. I like Beyonce. I've liked her since her Destiny's Child days. But I'm not part of the Beehive. Um, but my favorite song off the... I have a lot of favorite songs, actually. But I really like Sorry. Sorry is that mm. song that can get you hyped before a party. Like, if you're pre-gaming, play a party <laughs> and you'll be hyped. Like, you'll be ready mm-hmm. to have a good time. And the lyrics of the song are good, too. Like, she's not thinking about you. Play the fool. Do what you mm. want to do. Like, I'm good type of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I like that song. Sorry. So I think my favorite song is Pray You Catch Me. Yeah. Only be or oh, not only because but I think so it's one of the first songs in, um in it's the, the very album. first. It, yeah, it's the very first one. And I think it's the best like it's the best intro to if if she's really, you know, singing about herself and something that happened to her. I think it's like the best frame of her immediate reaction if like I don't know how to explain it. Like, I feel like something happened and she just immediately ran to her notebook and her notebook and started writing lyrics for this, of this song. Like, she heard that somebody was, like, maybe Jay-Z was cheating on her, who knows? And then she's just talking about her immediate reaction. Like, okay, you can taste the dishonesty. Like, you know, and maybe he's trying to lie and she's like, nah, boo. I've nabbed you. Like, you can't even try So, like, I think that's my favorite song. And it also shows, like, some vulnerability. You can see her, like, clearly she's sad and she's paranoid and on edge. And it's just, I think it's just full of, full of lots of emotions. Mm. Although, like, yes, that's my favorite song. But I think one line that has been stuck in my head since I heard the album is, um, but you're my lifeline, I think you're trying mm. to kill me. And that's mm. on um, Love mm. Drought. And I was just thinking, like, oh, my God, like, Will I ever love a guy like this that mm. I would mm. say, like, mm. you're my lifeline. Like, without you, I can't possibly die. Like, mm. oh my goodness. Like, for me, like, that, I, I, I think I wake up every morning, I'm like, in my lifeline, you're trying to kill me. Like, <laughs> like a nightmare now. Yes. Like, oh my God. <laughs> like, oh love for me is heavy. Like, oh, but yeah, no, it's, it's so painful. Like, just mm. imagine. Just, I mean, I've I've come close to a cheating scandal before, and it's just, and it wasn't even anything serious. And I was feeling like my life was going to end. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. But it was heavy. Mm. And just imagine your husband, and you have a child. Hey, nah, 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 nah. Mm-mm. 
I shall be, mm. if it's just good next. <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting that all our favorite songs are like the beginning of the album. Mm. Um, because my favorite song is Hold Up. <laughs> and like, I'm this close to like knowing every single word of this song. Because <laughs> I played it so many times. And I was trying to think, I was like, why do I love it? Like, the visuals of, uh, for this song are like just, they're amazing. Um, but I think I just love the narrative of you're, the, we have this great thing, you know, like, I love you so much. This is how much I love you. This is who I am devoted. And like, you're just going to throw this away. Like for people that don't love you the way I love you, like before you were you, like <laughs> I've been, <laughs> I've been like your ride or die. Like just this statement of like, what she's given into this relationship and it's and it's so she's like you're gonna be you're going to have me out here jealous and crazy i'd be i'd rather be crazy <laughs> i'd rather be crazy um i just i there's just so many like great lyrics in there and yeah she's just like laying it out, out on the table like they don't love you as much as i love you <laughs> you know you can you know have all these side chicks but or yeah, all these people that are talking to you and telling you things in your ear, but we had a great yeah, I just uh hold up. Mm. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. Step down, slow down, back up. <laughs> I just I just love it. It just I have a pep in my step as I'm listening to the song. Um <clears throat> But yeah, okay, so we now that we've all said our Oh definitely oh did Oh yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah, sorry. She said sorry. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for trying to be on top of things. <laughs> I feel and like there just... was a shade slipped in there somewhere. <laughs> really? <Yeah>. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I might be. I might be that good at throwing shade that I didn't even realize it was shade. <laughs> But um anyway, maybe you felt like somebody was missing because actually Onyeka is missing. That's AKA Yeka O is missing from this episode. We miss so. you, Yeka O. I like I like how we've announced it. Announced that she's missing? Yeah. I mean because we didn't announce when Ife was missing. Or I didn't announce <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel like this is going to keep coming up. <laughs> Sorry, Ife. It's okay, Amaya. Yeah, forgiving me. All your sins have been washed away. <laughs> so now that we've um, all shared our favorite song of the album, <clears throat> I was just thinking the other day that <clears throat> Lemonade features Rasan Shire's poems. And, you know, although, like, you know, the poems are kind of tailored to the album, so she switches out some things. Um, but... Also, the album that came out before Lemonade, which is Beyonce's self-titled album, Beyonce, which came out in 2013. Also, one of her songs featured Chimamanda. An excerpt of Chimamanda's speech, We Should All Be Feminist. And so, I just think it's interesting that like her past two albums feature work by Black women. Um... I mean, even though, like, you know, Chimamanda's speech was only in one song, where Sanchire's poems is, like, interspersed throughout the album. And actually, one of the articles, like, referred, the way they described it was, like, where Sanchire's poems, like, is the backbone of this album, which I thought was a good way to describe it. Because literally, it's, like, 
interspersed like between each song to like set up context. Um, so Chimamanda is, for those who don't know, I I I don't know how you cannot Sorry. know, but <laughs> Chimamanda Adichie is a wonderful and amazing Nigerian author, and she's written Purple Hibiscus, which is her first novel. She's written Half of a Yellow Sun, which is also adapted into a film, and she's written Americana. She's written a short collection of stories, The Thing Around Your Neck. Uh, and I just, yeah. Anyway, she's she's Bay. Um, <laughs> and actually, I heard she just gave birth. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, she just gave birth. She yeah, I, I read that somewhere. That's amazing. And, yeah. Um, and... Congratulations, Chiramanda. We love you. <laughs> In case you're listening. <laughs> oh my God. It'll be so nice to have her on this episode and like an episode in the future. And then Wasan Shire is, as we said, like a Somali British poet who, um, she is, I think she's well known for the poem for women who are difficult to love. She has two, I guess, I guess they're called chapbooks, poetry chapbooks. One is teaching my mother how to give birth and another is her blue body. Um, but I just think it's amazing that Beyonce has featured these black women. Um, but I was wondering if each of you could talk about like your opinion on the fact that she has featured two black women on her albums and what has been the noticeable reaction to these features and more specifically amongst Africans, Nigerians, Guineans? Like, what do you feel like has been the reaction to Beyonce featuring Chimamanda on Flawless and her featuring Wasan Shire on Lemonade? This is Dakua. Um, so I noticed that whenever Beyonce um, highlights African writers like in her work by using their words and whatnot I just feel like all of a sudden that's when everybody starts paying attention to these writers like when Lemonade the visual album came out which is which is what highlights Warsan's all Warsan's work I just feel like people are now noticing who Warsan is she's always been an amazing poet like she's won awards she's she mm. was in Australia being the writer in residence. Like she, she's always been amazing. And like, I'm glad Beyonce is showcasing Warsan's writing, but I just feel mm. like from the reaction that people are like the way Africans are reacting, it's as if Warsan was never there and Beyonce came to resurrect her. So it's like, we're kind of waiting for the West to highlight the phenomenal writers that we have on the continent. But then if we actually read their work and we could see for ourselves that we have like awesome writers here already, we don't need like Beyonce or other people of the West to like, you know, highlight who these great people are. We should do that by ourselves. We shouldn't just jump on the bandwagon because Beyonce is highlighting these people. Mm. That's, that's the main issue I had with like people's reactions to, you know, mm. all this stuff. Hmm. I have a que- I have a question about that. So is your negative or uncomfortable feeling about about this? What makes you most uncomfortable about it? Basically is my question. What I'm uncomfortable about is how everybody just jumps on the bandwagon when people like when mega celebrities highlight these writers. I have no problem with Beyonce, you know, 
highlighting Chimamanda's work or Warsan's work. That's great. Like Beyonce knows great work, you know, but Mm -hmm. I just feel like once Beyonce or like these mega celebrities highlight um, these writers, that's when everybody starts paying attention to them. That's when everybody finds them relevant. That's my But is that necessarily a bad, is that a bad, so is their newfound relevance a bad thing? It's definitely not a bad thing, but it kind of like, I just feel like we should hype our own without the West, you know, hyping us because it's like, we're, it's like we're seeking their approval or it's like their approval is, um, you know, the best that is like what we fo- we follow what they like, you know, we also, they've always mm-hmm. been there. Mm-hmm. And then I don't want to go on and on, but in, there's an article by Adayobi Bani. She's the writer of this book, I Do Not Come to You by Chance. She wrote this article. Mm. Yeah, she wrote this article in 2014 about how the success of African writers still depends on the West. Because, mm. you know, they are they they are the publishers of, you know, the works that they produce. So they are the ones that determine whether your work would be told to the world because they're they're the people in the publishing industry they are the judges that um decide who, which writers to award accolades to so like they kind of ter- determine the success for some of these african writers so all i'm saying is we shouldn't wait for people in the west to hype our own when we can do that on our own you know like just because beyonce said this person is good doesn't mean you know all of a sudden that's when we start paying attention to these writers that's that's my main issue yeah but the thing is that i feel so i feel like a lot of people a lot of africans knew who chimamanda was mm-hmm. before beyonce put her in her work do you understand what i'm saying oh yeah so i understand your I understand your criticism and your discomfort with that but i my my own thing is that it is good for the artist to be highlighted you know there's more visibility there's more sales there's more engagement with their work people that may have never heard of them before now hear of them so i think it's it's definitely a good thing for the artist and i the the like the power isn't distributed equally when we talk about when we talk about us waiting for the west to highlight our work or Mm. or talk about our work before we appreciate it because the power like the power isn't distributed if equally in the terms in the sense that they are more vocal like until very recently our modes of entertainment like the tv channels we watch the tv programs we watch everything was from the west brought to us before we developed our own media so it's very like i i your criticism is valid and i and i get that but i i think we should also expand the the lens and think about the power structure and what gave rise to us not hearing you know some people not hearing about wasarn till beyonce beyonce highlighted her because i like like i don't think it was a malicious ignoring of Orsan's work by some yeah yeah. it was just like plain ignorance so we have to yeah I think it's it's more of like a I'd I'd like to frame it as more of an encouragement of us to highlight our our own talent and encouragement of us to you know have poetry readings and have environments that that's that's foster this 
this artistry yeah. that celebrates this artistry instead of saying oh is it now like instead of a dismissive oh now like it's now that you want to mm-hmm. to listen to her or mm-hmm. now that you want to 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 talk about her be- because Beyonce has talked about her if it if it makes sense but what's your opinion, Ife, and what has been the reaction, reaction you've seen to this, the features? So I, so me, I knew Wasan before Beyonce featured her. I knew Chimamada before Beyonce featured her. And my own reaction to the features are just, I'm happy for them. I'm happy for their increased okay. visibility. I'm happy that people that were not blessed before by Wasan's poetry are now going to have their minds blown. You know, people that did not know the power of Chimamanda's pen are now going to eh, experience it. <laughs> so that's that's been my own that's been my own reaction to it, and I'm I'm just happy for them. But I but mm. I was reading the New York Times article that you were talking about. The very last paragraph, or mm. like the very last couple of paragraphs, is that like somebody says. Uh, my frustration and fear is that people reduce her to a pop culture phenomenon. As work is cut and pasted yeah. and passed around, you can lose the context, the line endings, the tensions. There's a great deal of craft in her work, and I am keen for people to rem- remember that. So this person is talking in reference to Wasarn Shire's poetry. So I think I, that would be my... I'll echo his misgivings and say, you know, they are... It's wonderful that they were featured, but like there's so much more of their body of work that hasn't fe- that wasn't featured that's also excellent. So mm-hmm. that people should go mm. out and experience the totality of their work. Mm. Yeah. Um, this is Amayo. I was about to speak. Um, I think okay. So for Chimamanda, for example, I would like to think that. Um, Nigerians and Africans hyped her before um, she got featured on Flores. Because, I mean, everybody I know knew of Chimamanda. Everybody I know, and many people had read her book. Like, her books had been bestsellers and all that. And I think Mm. her just being on Flawless just expanded her audience. So, I don't even think it was a matter of the West validating us. It was just a matter of Oh, this is from this is my opinion. I just think it was a matter of her work being spread to a different target or a different audience, if that makes sense. Or a, a wider audience, maybe not different. So um I don't know, that's that's my line of thinking. I could be wrong, but I think I think that's yeah. what and then with what with Warsan, it's funny because when we did that identity episode, that I think that was my first maybe my first time reading her work. And then after that, I had definitely read a lot, like different um, lines of poetry, either on Twitter or like somebody would share things with me. But I, I wasn't that like conversant with her work. I didn't really know mm. um, a lot about her, her background, or like her work. To be to be honest, and then I watched mm-hmm. Lemonade, and immediately, like as I was watching, I wasn't even that focused on the lyrics of the songs. To be like. That was not the main. <laughs> that wasn't the deal breaker for me. Like well, the first time I watched the mm-hmm. video, the first thing I thought of was who wrote these poems and why don't I know who this person is? Mm. And when I found out that it was her and like how we had referenced her in one of our episodes, I was just like, wow! Like, am I? Oh, you are actually a dodomu. Like, how <laughs> haven't you explored this woman's work? She's a genius, and why have you been living under a rock for all this, like, all this time? 
and mm. maybe that was you know ignorance on my part or just not like i don't know i, I don't know what it was but i think now that i've been blessed <laughs> Mm. blessed by you know i've read up on her now i've you know read more about i'm hoping that more people like appreciate her for what she is and not because beyond mm-hmm. like not just because beyonce put her on her album like mm. you know i'm hoping that people appreciate her background where she, where she comes from where she came from and her experiences and you know really like sink into her words and try to i don't know it's just she's just a beautiful mind same with chimamanda chimamanda is just whenever i think mm. of like i i just i can't she's just <laughs> and, and, and like one thing about her is she's a very she's a very very observant person like she would just mm. she would just sit and watch things happen and things that you know might, might be so common to us every day that we just you know fail to realize how amazing they are she just write them in some spectacular way make you think of this like a unique way like oh my gosh wow like that's so true oh my goodness like oh (laughs) but yeah i love her so much i could go on and on and on on, but yeah those are my reactions i'll stop now it's funny yeah i mean this is ifeo and i think it was last week i just i read an article i think that was featured in vogue about that Chimamanda wrote about her sister, her older sister. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is the greatness that is Chimamanda, that she can write about somebody I don't even know and <laughs> just makes me fall in love with her. Like, I haven't even met Chimamanda's sister and I'm already like, <laughs> I love her already. Like, the way you describe her, like, I love I love her. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to echo what everyone else said. Like, I read Purple Hibiscus, which is Chimamanda's first book, like, I think senior year of high school slash gap year i don't remember exactly when um been in love with her work for a while and so when she was featured on flawless i was like eh? <laughs> big bucks i don't even know how much she made but i was like ah, lit um just because i mean i think also it's just considering who beyonce is and just the i don't know her reputation her being an icon it's I I mean, hmm. if Beyonce called me and said, "Hey, girl, come over here," <laughs> I want I want you to take pictures of me. Like, excuse me. I guess you know my friends already know. Like, you know, they say like, "Oh, you take great pictures." But like, if Beyonce like says that she take pictures of her. I'm just like, am I worthy? <laughs> but I just think I I don't know. She's just I don't know. She's I mean, she's part of the West, so I can see like that was. Um, point about like you know Beyonce like featuring this person now everybody's in the bandwagon and like praising them but also I'm like recognizing just the influence that Beyonce has compared to like I don't know what's that girl's name Zoe Saldana mm. is she like does something and like ask I don't know it's like some other poets like do something with her I don't know if it had that much impact <laughs> as <laughs> well we got to praise Beyonce <laughs> and <laughs> Because somebody like Zoe Saldana was the first thing that wow. came to mind, but <laughs> but I feel like you know Beyonce, Rihanna, all these like top selling people, you know, is, who, whoever they decide to collaborate with, like 
I feel like they'll just propel that person. For example, like Chance the Rapper. He's been Chance the Rapper since before he was featured on Kanye's new album, Life of Pablo. He's like on Ultralight Beam. There's a part where he raps. But now I can't even imagine what like being on a track with Kanye has done for his career now. Um, but he's been doing well. Um, and also like Wizkid, Wizkid is on One Dance, even though... <laughs> He's pretty much whispering on the, on the song, but he's on, on Drake's song. And I don't know, like, just what that will have, the effect is going to have on his career. Like, I think for me, like, when I hear about these things, I'm like, oh, wow, that's that's good. But then then the other part of it's like, Dakota said, like, what's making me say wow? Is it because, I don't know, it's great to be featured on an American artist, like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Now, I feel like now I'm questioning my whole, <laughs> my whole life. Yeah, there are definitely pros and cons to, like, this whole thing. But, like, for the cons, well, for the pros, mm-hmm. obviously, like, the writer would have a larger audience, more sales, more money, larger platform. But then for the cons, yeah. I kind of worry about the new writers, like, who are up and coming, would they feel unworthy mm-hmm. if a big and Western, a big mega celebrity doesn't notice them? And like, mm-hmm. would they maybe change the content of their writing to suit the West in order to be noticed for their big break? Like, all mm-hmm. these things, like, it's like, would they master the art of deciphering um, Western tastes? It's like, would you be true to your writing? I don't know. It just makes me worry because if the West is always like, the key to your big break it's it should it shouldn't Mm. that shouldn't be the case i just feel that if we um encourage our own we hype our own appreciate our own celebrate our own on the regular for the amazingness that they produce we wouldn't like we wouldn't just um appreciate these writers when they're known by millions that's the biggest con for me Mm. yeah but then just to push back on that and I, I hear the concern, Dakwa, and, but I feel like, you know, for example, Chimamanda was writing what she was writing before Beyonce reached out to her. Like, Wersan was doing her own thing before Beyonce reached out to her. Um, so I, I don't know, I feel like that should be an encouragement for people to keep doing what they're doing. Cause I don't, I feel like it wasn't like they changed. I don't know. But- Did they, they didn't, I mean, it wasn't, they they definitely didn't change anything, but I just feel like for up and coming writers, like, if Uh you want to be known, you need to be published by the West, like, you know, to get sales, to be known. And I just feel like sometimes the West and the publishing companies, they, they kind of, they kind of prefer like savage entertainment. Like they prefer the poverty porn. They prefer the child Mm -hmm. soldier story. Like, you know, just. The, mm-hmm. the stereotypes that we're trying to move away from, that's the, that's the foundation of some of our literature. And that's what they use to market our books. Like, you know, mm. so there's even an article by the lady that runs Brittle Paper. Um, she wrote an article for The Guardian talking about how not, how not to write about African fiction or how not to talk about African oh, yeah. fiction. Yeah. That article, she's basically. If, if, if you did, did you send that to us? Yeah, isn't that Binya, 
Binya Vanga's Linas. Oh no, wasn't that by him? No, no, or that's that's, that's Binya Vanga's. But then she, her title is kind of off of his own. Her title is more of how not to talk about African fiction, and it's more about how. Okay. Got yeah, it. it's more about how like um, publishers and like people who review books they only focus on the anthropological value of these African um, novels instead of you know focusing on you know, the lyrical writing that the writer uses in in the books are like, you know, just, they, they basically just focus on the social, the social political issues of the books. That's how they market them. So I feel like the publishing companies, they go off, like I said, savage entertainment, poverty porn, um, you know, all the stuff that we're trying to move away from. So if a, an up and coming writer is trying to get their big break, they would probably just, you know, end up writing about things like this just to get their big break, you know? So that's 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 what I worry about when it comes yeah. to like, yeah, the approval of the West. That's that's my big worry. But those things are issues with or without Beyonce featuring an artist. Do you understand what was like those things are exist and there are issues with the publishing industry and how African books are marketed by publishers. So they already happen. Yeah, but that... Beyonce only knew about Chimamanda and Warsan and whoever was published by the West because they were published by the West. Like, we have so much talent that's here that's not really... I don't know, it's not being showcased because I guess we don't have the resources to publish our own from most in most countries. So I just feel like... Mm. Am I making sense? I feel like I'm jumbling up my like, thoughts. Yeah. Like, I, I understand what you're saying, but I'm saying that it's not, like, those things happen. So, for example, Warsan grew up, she was raised in England. So, like, she was a, she's, mm-hmm. she's of, she's African, she's of the African diaspora, but she had access to, to, mm-hmm. uh, to Western um, publications. And her, her publishing house is actually, like, a, I think it's a black-led poetry poetry publishers like an indie black pub anyway mm-hmm. like what i'm saying is that these things that you are pointing out are real issues yes and they are they should be addressed and but i feel like they are not necessarily tied to it's not the cause and effect of a beyonce feature if you will mm. that's that's like what i'm what I'm having trouble like connecting, I'm having trouble connecting the Beyonce feature to the, I don't know. Like another thing that made Warsan popular is like Tumblr. So a lot of mm-hmm. people like she used, if you read the New York times article, like it reviews how she's like a, the on, she used like the online media form to promote her work and how she uses Twitter. Like, you know, she tweets li- lines of her poetry on Twitter and like people, you know, remix it. So like she's been here and people of black women and women have been into her work for a while. And like people find inspiration from, from Twitter. Like I'm sure Beyonce found Chimamanda's TED talk on YouTube. So what I'm trying to say mm-hmm. is like it's not necessarily. I don't see a direct correlation between the publishing antics and tactics of the Western publishers and Beyonce's feature. I don't know. It's not really. I mean, I feel like it's bigger than Beyonce. It's not just about mm-hmm. Beyonce's feature. It's bigger than that. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. When it mm-hmm. when it comes to like the cons and upcoming writers and who we pay attention to, because because 
the West pays attention to them, you know? It's bigger than Beyonce. Mm. It's not just about the future. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I think another thing to consider, too, is just the influence of social media, right? Like, like for example, like, Wesson Shire's work is very popular in Tumblr. There's some other poets, like Ijoma Omebinyo, who's a Nigerian poet. Some other, like, poets Nayira like... Nayira Wahid. Nayira, yeah, Nayira and, like, Isra... I forget her last You're name, daily but, but are popular. Yeah, they're popular on social media, and then it begs the question: like, you know, so what do you have to tweet slash put on Tumblr to get all the retweets? If that makes any sense, like, there's some people who are good, but their tweets <laughs> are not getting as many retweets or reblogs or whatever, and like some people are more popular than others, and it's not that one person's work is better than others. It's just that some people work i don't know just has this wider reach on social media so then there's that it's like some po- some upcoming poets like oh i want my i don't know my poems to have this many retweets like do i then tailor it to suit i don't know the fancy of those who have i don't know power on twitter to make things like, popular are people I don't being know. true to themselves each person has to decide for themselves what success is to them and what their process is like, because that also even trickles into other areas of our lives, right? Like education, like some schools are like rated higher than others. Like, oh, if you go to Harvard, oh my gosh, you're the smartest person in the world. But if you go to some other school, you're not considered, I don't know. But I think, I don't know. There's just, there's so many layers, I guess is my point to, to this. Yeah, there's so many that you can actually get really confused trying to like think about this. <laughs> I actually I get yeah. confused. Yeah, because yeah, there's some yeah, like there's some people are getting featured on Beyonce's albums, there's some people who are popular on Twitter, and there's some other amazing people that are slipping through the cracks that we don't know about. Yeah, because they're not getting recognition. Yeah, they're not getting recognition. And I think also there's just so much information out there. It's hard yeah. like for example, what you said about showcasing, like, what does that look like and to whom and through what form? And I think, you know, my next question was for our conversation was going to be like, how can we as Africans, you know, Nigerians, Guineans throughout the continent, like celebrate and appreciate our own? Like, what would that look like for us? And are we already doing that? And in what ways are we doing that? Yeah, because I mean, this is like the next thing, right? Because we were talking about like, our, like we've been talking about, you know, mega celebrities highlighting these artists. But it's like, okay, so how do we in our own community, like celebrate our own? And, and I think Bristol Paper already came up in this conversation. And Bristol Paper is this like online literary space that was created by this Nigerian, Ainehi Edoro. Hope I'm saying it right. Um, but just creating this space where she features like, you know, works of fiction and literature by and for Africans. So that's one space that is up and running, um, featuring work like literature, African literature and whatnot. So I feel like there are other spaces like this where we are trying mm-hmm. to celebrate and appreciate our own. I think I've, I haven't said that much because I've just been trying to gather my thoughts because mm-hmm. I get I get where Dakwa is coming from and I get where um, Ife is coming from and I've just been trying to figure out okay, what is like 
the middle point, like meeting ground, or I don't know. But with regards to this question that you just asked, if if she, I think, mm. I think we've had like, I don't I don't want to speak I don't want to speak for Africa as a continent, so I'll just start with Nigeria. Um, I think we have a history of not appreciating the arts. Um, mm-hmm. As much as much as we should, I'm not saying that we don't because we do have some excellent writers that obviously have, you know, gone have spread across the country, the continent, the world, you know, Chinua Achebe and so on. But I mm. think, I think, we always, like, we don't encourage it. But then when somebody finally breaks through, it's like, oh my gosh, like, yes, he's Nigerian. Like we must celebrate this one person. But then we don't mm. really encourage other people to reach that point where the great people have been. And I think mm. stifling like that our creative efforts is definitely one way that we don't um that we don't allow people to reach the heights that they should. So mm. I think if starting mm. from you know, I know things are getting better now, like you know, just the other day we had like a photo festival here in the it was yesterday, like we had photo festival and they were showcasing like you know some great i don't know artwork i didn't really i didn't go so i'm not really sure what happened and you know there are more <laughs> things going on here and there but i really think like right from schools like you should encourage people to explore their creative abilities like if they want to go into mm. writing if they think they're good writers if they think they want to go into like art like, like you know painting or you know i guess just encourage the arts in general and um, mm. like not just wait for that one person who has somehow gone against the odds and become a worldwide success like what did Chimamanda do to become Chimamanda like not not not, not to become her mm. but like, what did she do to get to where she is today like what what was mm. her like what was that moment that you know kind of changed her life and where her art was going to go I don't know people also need to people also need to be more strategic with their efforts like to market themselves so obviously yes you're a good writer but then and 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 then so like okay how are you going to what, what are you doing to market yourself to put yourself out there like who are you talking to who are you trying to network with so it's also it's, it's definitely a two-way two-way street hmm. wow does anybody have any last thoughts um um this is daquan yeah i just to piggyback off what Amayo said, yeah, I think we should um, encourage up-and-coming artists in all sectors, like the music industry, fashion, sports, cooking, you know, writers. We should just encourage, we should encourage that. And we should also work on um, increasing the use of our African works for literacy development and um, also in our education you know, it would help us because when you read these stories, when you read African fiction or black fi- fiction in general, like you see yourself in these stories, you're able yes. to relate to what they're going through. You're able to, it excites you like you see yourself. So I just feel like if we're able to incorporate that into our literacy development and education, we would appreciate our own more. We would celebrate our own more. And also we need to make these books available. Like they're not accessible. Like I moved back to Ghana two years ago. And I still buy books from the U.S. Like, I can never find any book, any African fiction book mm-hmm. in bookstores. They're not available. And even if they are, they're so expensive. Like, last time I was at, I was at a bookstore and um, 
I do not come to you by chance by um a diary. That book was seventy Ghana. Seventy Ghana is like is it like twenty dollars, eighteen dollars? And it's just really expensive. No, the average Ghanaian would not pay seventy Ghana for a book. Like I can buy you mm. two bags of yam, fingers of plantain to make fufu and be satisfied <laughs> in life. Like, you know, they're really expensive. So these books need to be more accessible so we can have a larger local readership. You know? Mm. Yeah. That's what I think. That's a really good point because somebody told me to buy a book um just today and I was, the first thing I came to mind was oh yeah I have to order, order that from Amazon. I didn't even think Ooh. like oh let me go to a bookstore here because I know I'm not going to find that book. Like let me not even mm. try and play myself because it's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny and sad at the same time. Well, anyway, thank you ladies for such a wonderful conversation. Um yeah, I just wondering if we can just share what we're listening to, watching, reading with our listeners. And so, Amaya, do you have anything to share with us? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Wow, Lemonade is awesome, and I love it a lot. But I'm also a diehard Drake fan, so I'm listening to you. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, six, 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 six. <laughs> Yes. Did you Drake, just say six six six? Yes. Did you hear that? I mean, not six six six. So please, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Toronto. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, this is Dakwa. I'm reading um, Edgebridge Dancy Cat's book, Eyes, Breath, Memory, or is it Breath, Eyes, Memory? I think it's breath. breath, eyes, memory. Yeah, I'm reading that right mm-hmm. now in between mm-hmm. studying. So yeah, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Nice. How's it going so far? I like it. Um, Edgewood mm-hmm. Dancing Cat has a she has a passionate way of writing about Haiti in a very calm nature. I really like her writing. I'm listening to. <laughs> I'm listening to Lemonade nonstop. <laughs> I have a daily shot of Lemonade without fail. Don't be shy. Uh, in addition to that, I'm also listening to Kanye's Life of Pablo. Mm. Ultra Light Beam is my jam. And um, I love the fact that Kirk Franklin w- was on it. Like, you know, it featured an actual gospel singer it's it's a gospel inspired track and it featured mm. kirk franklin and kirk franklin went on his instagram and was like very vocal about because some people were giving kirk franklin shit about oh how can you be on a track with a now you know all this mm. you know oh my God. moralistic wow. legalistic self-righteous quote-unquote christians and and mm. kirk franklin was like this is god's child this is my brother he wanted to do a collaboration and you know Aww. This was my chance to talk about God and what's important to me. Anyway, Sha, yes, mm. that's that's an awesome track. Then I'm reading this book called Lord John and the Private Matter. So it's written by Diana Galbadon, and she is the author that wrote the Outlander series that is now a show. Um, mm. It's like a spinoff of the of the original books, and it's really good. It's like it's it's detective fiction if you will but like it's it's not as 
it's kind of in the style. I don't want to say it's in the style of Conan Arthur Doyle, but it's like it's in that general hemisphere. Mm. Um, but yeah, you should check it out. Check out the Outlander series; they are amazing. It features a very hot Scotsman, a redheaded Scotsman. My friends that know me know that I'm into redheads. You probably didn't need to know that, but yeah. TMI. Hey, put it out there into the universe, though. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> so this is Ifeanyiwa, and um, I am currently watching season two of Grace and Frankie on Ooh, Netflix. Ooh, I need to get on that. I know. I discovered Grace and Frankie, I think, a couple weeks ago, and I just flew through all 13 episodes of season one, and I was very pleasantly surprised when I saw that season two was going to drop, like, on May 6th, and so now I started I started season two, and I really love it. It's a show about... Um, <laughs> These, <laughs> there are these two. Oh, and okay, the other thing I love about it is like it's about at the center of the plot is like these two, I guess, couples that are like in their seventies, and so that's also something you don't see much like shows or movies about older folks. Um, and so these two couples, like the husbands, come out and tell their wives that they're gay and they love each other, and it's just a show about how the wives, like or ex wives deal with that and it's just funny and it's about family and friendship and it's it's beautiful and and it's yeah did i say it's funny yeah (laughs) um and then and then i am i'm currently reading um a book called the turner house it's by angela florno and she this book i'm only like a couple pages in but i already love it so much it's about this family of 13 kids and they're trying to decide what to do with their house in Detroit, Michigan. And I believe that this is the author's first novel, but she's already gotten a lot of, you know, fame and whatnot comes around, uh, around this book. Um, and it's, it's been doing well. I think it was shortlisted for the national book prize. prize. Yeah, National Book Prize. But was it also the Men Booker Prize? Or oh, no? no. Okay, maybe it was just the National... I only know the National Book Prize. Yeah, yeah. I think it was shortlisted for that. So it's. I was like, oh, it seems really popular. So <laughs> I picked it up and I already love it. Um, so, yeah, that's yeah, that's all we have for our listeners today. Thank you so much for checking us out. Um, we are Not Your Afri- African Cliché on Facebook. And you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We are everywhere. So find us. Listen to our episodes. Share them with your friends, your boyfriends, your husbands, your lovers, your spouses, your family. (laughs) Tell everybody about us. Um, Yeah, so thanks for joining us today. And we will catch you guys on the next episode. Bye. 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 Bye.